The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome this week. It's uh, Jeff Smith here. We, we'll line you up here in just a moment with the guest, uh, but welcome to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. So glad you could join us on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. And we are really happy. Throughout the course of the week, we get notes and letters and uh, information from you. So thanks for all the ideas and tips and tools that you're sending to us. Very excited about today's show. We are going to do a case study. So we'll be talking with uh, leaders from Polymer Solutions and hearing about how they have mixed together sort of their culture, accountability, and the success that they're having. So look forward to a case study. If you want to reach us during the show, please give us a call at one 472 5788 if you'd like to email me, we'll take emails during the show at jeff at voltageleadership.com or our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can also like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership, connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting, or follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. So really glad that you could join us today. Uh, I've got my co-host here today, Jennifer Owen O'Quill. So Jennifer, you want to give a shout out there? Hey, Jeff. How are you? How is everybody today on this Valentine's Tuesday? It's lovely. I just had uh, lunch with Beth, and uh, you know, when you're married almost 21 years, uh, I need to travel tonight, so we decided the lunch route, and with four kids just getting you know, 45 or 50 minutes to talk, it was like, wow, it felt like three days. You know, it was kind of nice. So, how's Jennifer today? You good? That's great. I've had a good day. We're having dinner tonight, so while you'll be traveling this evening, I, I actually get to have dinner with my my husband and my son and my mom are going to be together for a Valentine's, the two of them. So it's going to be a nice evening in the Owen O'Quill household. Great. Once you, uh, you want to introduce our guests? I know you're down there with them, uh, Cynthia and Caitlin. You want to go ahead and introduce them properly for us? I would love to. So, uh, as, as you know, I've, we've been working with Polymer Solutions for a little while now, and uh, a lot of the work that we do, Jeff, is in that growth and innovation space. And in that space, the client that stands out for me is Polymer. And uh, they have really differentiated themselves as an independent testing lab of choice for their clients. Um, and those clients are among some of the best companies in the world, and it's because of the extraordinary lengths that they go to for their clients. Their clients that they have love to work with them because of their personalized service. But I'll tell you, Jeff, what stands out from my point of view when I come here is Polymer's culture. 
And what I have noticed is what they do for their clients, they do for their people. They go to extraordinary lengths for them. It's a great place uh, that I get to spend time. It's a great place to work. I could say a lot more, but instead, I have today with me Polymer's CEO, Cynthia Rancourt, and Polymer's Chief Growth Officer, Caitlin Sags. We are calling in from Christiansburg, Virginia today, so I am on site with their team, and it's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you, Cynthia and Caitlin. Welcome to the show. So glad you could be with us, and it's been great having you as a customer. So welcome, and uh, why don't I just start out the questions, and Jennifer and I kind of will rotate throughout this case study. Um, so, Cynthia, maybe I'll address this first one to you. you know, what are the aspects of the business that you are most proud of? The aspects of the business that I'm, uh, greetings to everybody. We're happy to be here today. Um, the aspects I'm most proud of here at Polymer Solutions is our collaborative and team approach to everything we do. Uh, the other thing I love here is that um, we do chemical analysis and physical testing. We have a strong team of scientists, but everyone here at Polymer Solutions is considered a scientist. Hmm, that's great. How about you, Caitlin? Where, where are some of your highlights uh, and the, the key aspects you enjoy about being at Polymer? I think some of the aspects that I most appreciate is uh, that we really embody an innovative culture, that communications are concise, uh, relevant, and allow forward-moving progress. There's no bureaucratic red tape. We all are aligned in our mission to solve problems for our clients around the globe and also in that process better ourselves as a company each and every day. And that's just the type of environment that I love to work in. I feel that it allows me to personally thrive, but I also see our business collectively thriving under those conditions. Wow, a lot of great stuff. So, you know, if you look back to 2016, what was maybe the biggest challenges you guys faced? And whoever likes to start, just go ahead and start. I think I'll go ahead and start. Uh, This is Cynthia. Uh, One of the biggest challenges I think I started was, first of all, I was transitioning to be the leader over the company and the face of the company. I needed to learn what that was all about. But most importantly, I wanted my leaders to be empowered to lead. Um, It was something that I don't think they were quite used to, and it was new to them. Um, And so my role was both to support them but to enable them to do it. Um, I could not certainly do it for them. Yeah, that, that's important. How about for you, Caitlin? Hmm, that's a good question. Challenges that I face personally, my role here is inclined towards all growth aspects of the company, and sometimes those challenges are procedural and related to inefficiencies that we might have with systems, and of course systems must be carried out by people. So my challenges were related to identifying um, perhaps broken systems or even software packages that had become obsolete, and then implementing the necessary changes to foster growth. Um, And the reason that becomes a challenge is because, again, these systems and these software packages are used by people, and people have concerns over change, and um, even if it might be moving towards a better way of doing things, it's still moving to a different way of doing things, and that can be frightening to some. Uh, So getting buy-in from coworkers and honoring their concerns and making sure we move forward in a way that really took everyone's um, perspective into consideration was the most challenge the most challenging um, aspect of my job in 2016. Caitlin, let's build. I'm curious to build on that. 
So mm-hmm. Please. what did you what did you do to get the buy-in? Because you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, they're leading big change efforts. Um, the reason they come to the show is that they're trying to say, gosh, I'm busy. You know, I don't get to talk to other people, I don't get to hear best ideas. So I'm just really curious about what did you guys do to get the buy-in for some of these changes that you were trying to implement? That's a great question. I have historically not always been great at it. So I am a leadership work in progress. I think this, this past year I did better than I ever have. And the reason is um, I received a DISC assessment as part of my leadership training with you all with Voltage. And in it, I realized that I am a high driver, which means I like getting tasks done and I like them getting done quickly. The shadow side of that is sometimes I don't pause and consider other perspectives, other ideas. I move forward quickly. Uh, so for me, that meant taking that information and uh, processing it and then applying what I learned to these changes that we needed to implement. That, in a practical sense, meant although I felt like we had a good idea and we could move forward, slowing down and just polling, almost doing like an audience poll, asking my coworkers, asking the people that this change would impact how they felt about it and any potential um, issues with it, anything that I wasn't aware of from my perspective, because some of these changes would not impact me directly, but they would impact the people that I pass in the halls each and every day. So I think for me, to kind of sum it up, it would be taking the time, although we are all so very busy, taking the time to pause and consider how business decisions impact other people and knowing that when you take that extra moment, it might be using a little bit of time on the front end, but the payoff of employees that feel valued and feel that a change was made in their best interest is truly worth doing. Mm. You know, I applaud Caitlin for what she just said, and I agree with her. One of the things that I implemented this past year in the beginning uh, was that I, it was important to me to meet with each of my individual leaders on a regular basis. And that meeting time was a time to listen to them, but to also um, hear from them. And a lot of times it was in these meetings that we would start discussing upcoming change, and I could hear how they felt that change would impact them. And I found that was a great tool in preparing people for change, but also getting support for those changes and us coming together creatively and figuring out, okay, how are we going to get this through this change together, and what wins are we going to have because of it? Yeah. Well, wow, such good stuff. You know, one of the things um, next week on the show, we're, we're going to have two authors on that we're going to talk about. It's a great title. It's called Chocolate or Choice, and it's going to be about uh, how our choices impact relationships. So uh, both of you, Cynthia and Caitlin, what I like is that you've slowed down a little bit to say, how do I get others to buy in? And that meant spending some time in relationship. And I think that's just so critical. You know, I know Jennifer has mentioned that, um, you know, a people-focused culture was a hallmark of your success. How did your people-focused culture help and hinder you as you began to focus on accountability? I'll let Caitlin start with this one. (laughs) All right. So, you know, like I mentioned before, there's often a shadow side to some of our best qualities. And I'll start with with where it really serves us well, and then I'll be transparent about the areas that we have to keep ourselves in check. So just for me personally, I know that when you put people first, uh, the rest takes care of itself. And that sometimes means that for one day at the office, things are a little stressful because someone has to be out with a sick child. But honoring their role as a parent is more important than um, 
the, the temporary stress of having someone out. It's important to honor who they are outside of the workday and let them know that they are valued beyond their productivity in the office. And the way that becomes a shadow side at times is because if we, if we spend too much time talking about um, the things that are impacting our workday, sometimes it's like you get in this rabbit trail of um, losing the lines of accountability. Well, you know, it should really be the direct supervisor that's uh, dealing with those situations and helping employees rather than kind of this dispersed accountability, and that's where we found ourselves at one point was just accountability was not clear, boundaries, expectations weren't as clear as they could be, and once those things were in place, we found that everybody was really able to thrive under those conditions, and we were able to be people-focused and extremely supportive, but in a way that was good for our people as well as good for our business. Wow, fantastic. Cynthia, anything to add here? Um. Accountability, I think, became extremely important here right from the beginning. Um, believe it or not, some of the feedback that came back from managers were there was no accountability. Uh, people would hope that another manager um, got their job done by the due date. And um, it, we had to develop, we had to move in a new direction. So um, the first area, believe it or not, may sound like a small area, but we put higher expectations for documentation in place. And um, if they weren't met, you were talked to about it, you were given the support you need, any retraining. Um, that was a tough one. People did not want to move forward in that but they did, and we were patient, and we were consistent, and we listened, but we said it had to be done. It's part of our um, robust quality system we have with our laboratory testing. So from there, we moved forward in expectations of how people handle conflict, um, expectations of leadership over the people that they supervise. Um, we talked a lot at length about how you set expectations, what you say will be the repercussions, and then you make sure you follow through. Um, there were a few really tough situations we had to go through this past year, um, things that I never thought would ever come up, and we successfully got through them. Well, that's great. Cynthia and Caitlin, what a great start. Thanks for uh, really some uh, laying the foundation and the groundwork for you know a really wonderful success story. I'm so happy to hear uh, what you're working on, how you're doing it. And so when we come back from two minutes, we're going to start to dig in a little bit deeper about some of the tools and tips and, and how you've shaped this culture. So I'm looking forward to hearing more. We'll be right back in two minutes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging 
marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. And we are so glad that you're spending part of your Valentine's Day, or if you're listening to it later, that, that you know that we were here on Valentine's Day thinking about you. So we're here today with co-host Jennifer Owen O'Quill and our guest, Cynthia Rancourt, the CEO of Polymer Solutions, and Caitlin Skaggs, the CGO of Polymer Solutions. They're clients of ours, and we're running through a case study learning about what has contributed to their success. And two things that we talked about before the break that were critical to this success were culture and accountability. I'm going to kick it over to their leadership coach, Jennifer Owen-O'Quill, to ask a couple of questions about how they've been able to achieve the success. Jennifer, over to you. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Cynthia and Caitlin, I am curious. Uh, we were talking about culture before we headed out for the break. Is culture something that's always mattered? That was the question that came to my mind as I started working with you guys. Is culture something that's always mattered to Polymer Solution, or is it something that became important along the way? Uh, This is Cynthia. I'll start with it. Um, Jim Rancourt, who is the founder um, and chief scientific officer, he started this company 30 years ago, and the employees have always mattered. he started out with one, then two, and, and now we're up to 35 full-time employees. And I can honestly say I never remember a day when culture, the culture with which we work in, doesn't matter. It's always been very important to us if you're going to spend eight to ten hours a day where you work, that you enjoy where you work, that you're empowered to do your best, and I think time and time again we prove we get our best productivity through the culture, that the collaborative, team-oriented culture that cares about people. Well, that's exactly what my experience has been uh, for sure. I'm, I'm curious to follow up on that, uh, Cynthia. Were there founding values? The founding values are probably our strong faith-based background um, and I, I think it's one of the founding values, of course, of all is integrity. Um, it's been amazing to me in the last few years just how important the integrity um, of the science that we produce here at Polymer Solutions is to 
each of the employees here. Uh, during interview processes, uh, which Caitlin is brilliant at when we hire new uh, employees here, one of the key cultural fits for an employee to work here is that integrity, it, honesty is over anything else. Um, we have a key example of finding out that data was wrong, by it, but it was wrong by such a negligible amount that maybe we don't need to tell the client. We have actually not hired somebody before because they said, oh, then it's okay not to tell them. And we were like, no, integrity of the data and integrity to the client no matter what. Um, our employees depend on that. So we know the science that comes out of one lab is just as integrous as the science that comes out of our other lab at the end of, end of the building. That's great. That's great. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious from, from both of you, actually, what's changed along the way? What, how has that culture changed? That, so integrity has been the same, but what's, what's changed? Well, I can uh, jump in. Yeah, I can jump in, Jennifer. You know, I think that culture, like many things in life, is ever-evolving. It's not something that you establish on day one and then you set it and forget it. It's something that requires work, maintenance, and evaluation as an organization evolves. And so as our organization has changed, so has our culture. Uh, you know, we we moved locations about two years ago. We built a brand new facility, and the physical changes of our building and how offices were structured that created a shift in culture. And we had to rethink how do we create conditions that will allow people to visit and will let them get out of their um, office cohort and come together. And, and one of the ways we do that is every Friday we provide breakfast for employees because then they sit together in the break room and they visit and we see uh, cross-department interactions that may otherwise not occur. And, and the other thing is as the company has gotten bigger, um, there has to, there's some natural growing pains with growth. And in order to ensure a healthy company culture, again, going back to accountability, that has been such a huge component for us as a business because with that accountability, it gives everyone safe conditions for success. In the absence of accountability, I think there's uh, a lack of clarity about roles, a lack of clarity about expectations. And, and to me, that's stifling of a positive company culture when those things do not exist. And then on the opposite, when there is clear accountability, when there are clear expectations, a fun-loving, collaborative culture can thrive. And that's certainly what uh, I experience when I spend time here is that comes through in all of the things you do. I'm thinking about your Pirate Day events and all the different ways that you really allow there to be a sense of play and fun in a very, very serious and, and highly um, compliant environment, right, with three separate labs and soon to be a fourth lab that you have here on site. Um, I'm, I'm curious, one of the things, you talked about your growing, your growing staff, you have a young workforce, and I'm, I'm curious the impact that you think that has on your culture. How have you handled that? I think for me, um, this is Cynthia, our young wor workforce is an exciting workforce, but it's also a workforce 
that are developing themselves as individuals. They're um, growing families. They're growing professionally. Um, they value time with friends. Um, it's a little bit different than maybe um, the generation that I grew up in when I was starting my family. And those are important to them. Um, so part of our culture is to respect that and acknowledge that and um, to encourage that. One of the things... Um, Time off is important. We have an employee who is a worldwide traveler, and it's important to him, and um, he does a great job at it. So we celebrate it with him. Um, we respect that. Um, if he becomes ill, we're, we're all concerned because we don't want him to lose his PTO so he can go on his world uh, travels. Um, other things that we do for these young people is there are times um, young mothers with children who get sick a lot, we allow for people in a transitional time in their life to work full-time at 32 hours, um, and therefore they have they can work between 32 and 40 hours. So if they, they're, uh, if they need to go to a soccer tournament and need to leave a little bit early, um, they have a little bit of flexibility with their hours, um, and they know the expectation and accountability is that they get their work done and they get it done by the due dates. So there's a little bit of give and take that we like to, um, we like to have in place. Uh, we like to honor people's private life with the expectation they're still going to get their job done here and get it done without any mistakes. That's tricky. That's tricky. Jennifer, I had one more thing to add to that, um, is, is just the, the training and the professional development, and a lot of that, most of that has been through you and the Voltage team, but equipping uh, people that have leadership tendencies, but maybe just need a little bit of a nudge in the right direction. I know that that's something that I experienced here, the, the DISC assessment and meeting with you. It helped me see where I'm great in areas that I could improve, and then maximizing on that has, I've noticed differences in my own leadership skills, and I've noticed the same for other, um, I guess you could say, young professional leaders that we have here. So just this, this focus on continuous improvement of the leader as a a collective company of our company culture. It's something that we believe strongly in and giving our, our people tools for success and really equipping them with the necessary resources is another way to, um, you know, work with a younger workforce. And if, and if you put, don't mind, yeah, I'm going to add, I'm gonna add one more thing um, to that. Partnering with other experts is a great, sometimes wise thing for a company to do. And so, I chose to partner with Voltage Leadership to help me with my transition to leading Polymer Solutions, but also to provide leadership support that was a different voice than my own to my leaders that I wanted to lead for themselves. Um, it's, it, I said earlier, I can't do it for them, and I want them to be successful. So partnering uh, with Voltage Leadership has, I would say, been a big key in supporting our leadership growth and maintaining our culture and increasing our accountability. Oh, Cynthia, that was so lovely. And, and Jennifer's done a, a great job partnering down there, and, and we really have enjoyed the partnership. Uh, just uh, a, a shameless plug, in two weeks, uh, Lee Huber and I will be talking something similar. We're going to be talking about how do you t uh, use external resources like consultants, your board, uh, facilitators, um, and uh, 
being able to really help you get outside yourself because you guys are so busy running the boom business day in and day out. Sometimes you just need that that broader perspective. You know, so what what I've really appreciated listening to the last few minutes has been you know, your culture has really contributed to success. You know, I, I hear all you're doing to try to keep your top talent. It sounds like, you know, I, I know from working with you guys, your your customer service and your clients just rave about you. You know, and it seems like you've really created this team culture. We've got about 30 seconds here before our next break. You know, as you think about what has been maybe the, the one critical thing in the culture that has made the biggest difference? Yeah. Um, pushing my leaders to be leaders. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, do you have a different one? Um, I'm going to go back to something we talked about before uh, and just the people-focused aspect. You know, we're people-focused with our clients. We're people-focused with our employees and our team. And to me, that makes all the difference in the world. Cool. Jennifer, yeah, Jennifer, you agree? I, I certainly see that. They're willing to go the extra mile. Uh, for, for scientists that work on substances and, and practical problems, they do go the extra mile to really cultivate their people and to solve their people problems and to create a great place for people to be creative and grow. So that's just fun to watch, that a, a place where people are willing to invest in that. Well, that's great. So... Uh, Really learn a lot of great stuff about the culture at Polymer Solutions, how they set it up. When we come back from the break, we're going to pick up on this accountability and how do we make sure that it drives all the way through our workforce. So we'll see you in two minutes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea. To Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And we are here with Jennifer Owen O'Quill and Cynthia Rancourt and Caitlin Skaggs from Polymer Solutions. And we're doing a case study today. A little different uh, format for us. And it has been fantastic to hear firsthand about what some leaders are doing to improve their culture and also drive towards some accountability. So, Cynthia and Caitlin, I know you've made a good many leadership changes in the past year. You've really fostered this culture of accountability. As you sort of think about the past year and you think about your accountability, you know, what practices did you put in, this, in place this past year and why did you make the changes that you made? One of the biggest things um, that we have done at Polymer Solutions this past year is we changed the name um, of our employees in the labs from technician, senior technician, chemist, to scientist. Um, we changed every, we, everyone who works in the lab is a scientist. Uh, you may start out as an associate scientist until you're changed, and then you reach a next level, say scientist one, scientist two, and then senior scientist. And with that came a more standardized job description. And the biggest thing in, um, a di- so there were certain things expected technically with their positions in the labs, but we also added professional expectations. Those things included um, how they handled conflict, how they worked with the team, um, professional behaviors that were expected. We even included some of the behaviors specific for management um, in parentheses so that our scientists across the board could see that um, getting a promotion at Polymer Solutions is more than just being able to do yet another lab test. There's a lot of professional behavioral expectations that come with that. Um, I think that has been a big step forward for us in accountability because when they're reviewed, we have some objective measures that we can go by. Well, that's really great. Uh, Caitlin, how about you? Anything to, uh, to add to what Cynthia was saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I would just add one thing that I just need to applaud Cynthia because it's not easy to, first off, acknowledge there is a need for increased accountability. Uh, That's a a hard thing to be self-reflective enough and confident enough to say, okay, I realize we need to take this to the next level if the company is going to grow. So I really applaud her for having that uh, confidence and just that strength of character to proceed in that direction. And, you know, with accountability, I guess the only thing that I'll add in support of these ideas in general is that sometimes it does start off a little bit rocky. When you go ahead and you draw a line in the sand and say this is now where accountability, you know, begins and ends, these are your expectations, I think now looking back on it, what we maybe weren't prepared for is that it it makes things, I think, not necessarily get a little worse before they get better, but it could be perceived that way because then conflict is going to surface um, in lieu of those new expectations, but once you work through it and get to the other side, you're so much better than where you were initially, if if that um, makes sense. So it, it's really betterment in the long run, but there are, again, those growing pains of proceeding in the direction of increased accountability. 
And we have yeah. had a few growing pains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have one I would that honestly I'm, say. I'm sorry. I have one that I'm remembering that, that you guys had to deal with, which is one of the things that can happen is we can set a, an expectation and then grant a little grace. And from the first part of our conversation, we've certainly heard you say that there's the ability to look at the whole person and to understand the reality of the whole life that that employee has and to care about that whole life. And when you allow for that inside of a culture and you allow for it without making it clear that you're making an allowance, that can create the belief that there is a lower expectation now. And so making it clear when you're making an exception and saying it out loud and restating what the normal expectation is and that this is an exception and this is why, it's helpful to walk through that thinking. And I have watched you apply that and begin to do that more and more instead of just understanding that someone might be having a challenge outside of their workplace and need to address it, that you'll be explicit in what those new uh, and short-term accommodations are and what the reality needs to return to and how much time there might be for that. And I think that's been very helpful to your team. It has been. Um, One of the things that you, when you have a culture like ours, um, people can think that they're free to say anything they want and they're free to give their opinion on any change. And when an opinion crosses the line and basically is telling you, I'm sorry, we're not going to be a team player and we're not going to support your decision and so therefore don't ask us to help. We'll do it this time, but we won't do it again. Um, that's when I, we have to step in and say, you know what, the expectation is we are all team members here. The statement you just made is perceived as not being a team player whatsoever, and you need to know that's unacceptable. And if it happens again, it could impact your tenure here. Um, we had to do that a couple times this, or I had to do that a couple <laughs> times this past year. And on my disc assessment, uh, assessment being a supporter influencer that's not an easy thing for me to do um, but it was a very important thing for me to do um, another thing that I've learned as a leader is it's important that I lead the way and that I lead in the behaviors that my other leaders need to have as well so um, and I am happy to say that in that particular situation, I would say there's, um, there's better communication and there's a return to a good working relationship as well with all the parties. Well, that's great. You know, one of, uh, for folks that are interested in this topic, I know we'll go in a little bit more detail, but a book I recommend is Winning with Accountability. Um, it's the secret language of high-performing organizations. It's by Henry Evans. Again, if you just do Winning with Accountability by Henry Evans, it's not a hard read. But for some of, some of our folks that are saying, gosh, I really like what I'm hearing from uh, Cynthia and Caitlin about how do I get accountability in there. If you want to get a jump start, then I would encourage you. This is probably less than an hour read. It's a very short book, but lots of good information. What I want to pick up on, um, Cynthia and Caitlin, is you know, as you put in accountability and you've got this great culture, 
you know, does having a great culture and getting towards uh, accountability mean that there's no conflict? You know, are you guys conflict avoidant or, you know, what, what are you seeing in your culture? Cynthia, is it okay if I take that? Sure, go right ahead. Okay, so Jeff, such an interesting question and really great, um, I think, great area to delve into because it does not mean that conflict is void here. What it does mean is that we are very intentional about addressing it early on so that it doesn't become something um, ugly, that it doesn't become something that hurts the widespread culture. If you can address it early on, it isolates it. And, and really, it, it takes care of it before it um, it's given a life to just become um, detrimental. So by that, I mean we start off with assuming the best. So we've all been there where we sit at our desk and an, an email comes in and you read between the lines and you realize, oh, man, they must really be mad at me or they're, they're sent a snarky email. And really, that's an assumption. Or they could have just been busy. Or they could be doing five different things at once and they fired off an email. That's really not fair to assign meaning to an email that is black and white and typed up. So you have a choice. You can either assume the worst, that they were being ugly to you, and you can let that negativity um, you know, fester. You could assume the best and say, well, I doubt they meant anything by it. Or what I like to do is assume the best and clarify. And so that would mean getting up from your desk getting up from a screen and going in person and saying, hey, I got your email. Just want to make sure, did I mess you up by what I suggested? Or have I somehow impacted your day negatively? Because I certainly don't want to do that. And what I have found nine times out of ten is with that clarification, it stops right there. And most of the time, it really was not anything negative, And it really was nothing that had to become major drama. It was just this you know, that's when I find out things like, oh, I'm sorry, my kid was up all night sick, and that was so much shorter than I meant to sound. I wasn't trying to be short with you, and, and that's clarification. Clarification eliminates the need even for um, confrontation. It's just so much more amicable and kind, and, and when you can take care of things on that end, conflict hopefully can be avoided, um, not because you're avoiding it out of, um, you know, for the wrong reasons, but it's been avoided for all the right reasons because you took care of it on the front end. And then when there is major conflict, because that's still going to happen, just handling it in uh, an appropriate way, in a positive solution-based approach is where we've seen success. Excellent. Thank you, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Cynthia, while she did it, she, she summed it up really nicely. Anything you'd like to add to that? The tough act the thing to follow, that I, I would you. add is, is when you're handling conflict, if conflict gets to a point where there does have to be a confrontation, um, it is difficult and it does not feel good. But a lot of times the things that are the most important are the things to make sure you do. Um, presenting the facts, presenting appropriate behavior, Letting a person, you know, first of all, explain their side are really important. And then making sure everybody's on the same page at the end um, when they're finished. Uh, We unfortunately had a situation at Palmer Solutions where um, there were a couple, there were actually a few employees who felt they were being bullied. Um, and of course, with a with a company where culture is very important to everybody who works here, um, that was 
the unacceptable. So uh, we had to explore that situation. We had to sit down and speak with an individual, and we had to let them know what would happen if certain behaviors can, continued. And um, it, was, it wasn't pretty. And it was a situation where I just didn't know what would happen. And for a few days, things were extremely tense. And it didn't look like things were going to go in a good direction. But lo and behold, um, the person was willing to hear the hard truth. The person turned their behaviors around. uh, And I am so happy to report we have a very well-supportive functioning team working together now. Um, I think sometimes people just need to hear, no, we're not going to do that. And um, I think... um, in this case, I should have dealt with it earlier. Um, it was a lesson that I learned. I probably so, had yeah, some avoidance me. in there. Jennifer, you've helped me a lot with that, not to avoid yeah. things. Um, and, of Cynthia, course, me, Caitlin, let me, let me, let we talk you, a lot about stop. clarification. So, um, so it's a situation that was extremely tough. We did get through it, and I am so happy to report everybody came out on top in this situation. Well, that's great, Cynthia. We're right up against a break, so I want to cut out for now, but I want to play with that a little bit when we get back. So thanks for being with us today. We'll be back in about two minutes. Thank you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. We're so glad that you've been here with us today. We've had uh, Cynthia Rancourt and Caitlin Skaggs from uh, Polymer Solutions. Uh, Jennifer Owen-Oquil has been co-hosting as well. We have had a lively discussion, and it's been great to be together and uh, to learn lots of great lessons. One I just want to build on from right before the break was Cynthia was talking about how you still have to have confrontation sometimes, even in a great culture, dealing with accountability. It'd be great if, it, if clarification always worked, but there are times you have to have hard conversations. And she said, gosh, you know, it's best if you can nip it in the bud, but sometimes you, you really let it go on too long. I would say that's a lesson learned for all those leaders out there that, you know, if you wait for it, you know, hope is not really a strategy. You're better to... to have the hard conversation early to get a course correction. And so, Cynthia, I thought you brought a real live example that uh, is fantastic and, and really appreciate your honesty on that. I want to shift over to Jennifer. You know, Jennifer, you know, you've been working here with uh, with uh, both Caitlin and Cynthia at helping to shape the culture, drive some accountability. You know, I'm curious, you know, what, what's the key question that you might have for the audience to learn more about this uh, scenario we've been dealing with today? Thanks, Jeff. Well, it's been great to listen to the two of you share so many stories and be so generous with your insights. And I'm curious as you, as you think about what it really takes to shape a great culture, particularly in technical fields and in your particular industry, you know, what are the particular lessons learned that you might have that came through over the over the course of the last couple of years, I suppose. Any last thoughts? Yeah, Jennifer. I think that one thing that really struck me that might sound intuitive to other people, but it really it was something that was rather profound is just because someone is highly competent with a technical skill, so let's say chemistry, that does not mean they're necessarily going to be as competent with leadership. Um, just organically. So it might take some work and it might take some specific training, some leadership training, and that's okay. But I think oftentimes we equate technical competence with the ability to lead, and being a leader within one's industry does not actually mean leading other people within a work environment is going to be a natural byproduct of that. So equipping people well for success, giving them the resources for success is is critical. And then one related thing that I was thinking about is that we need to be careful how we hire and that each hire we make, which is something under my umbrella of responsibilities here, each hire is an opportunity to continue shaping the culture in either the right direction or potentially the wrong direction. So it's an opportunity to identify something that we see in a candidate and say, wow, that's really going to align well, and what I'm seeing in them is going to continue to push us in a healthy direction as a team. And I do have some, you know, of course, some questions that you can ask in an interview setting, but one of the ways that I like to do that is by giving a lab tour because uh, one aspect of our culture that we actually have, haven't mentioned yet is curiosity. We love curious minds here. We love minds that ask why and wonder. And we find that those are exceptional scientists and they're just fun people to be around. 
So we give a lab tour, and we see on that tour, how does the candidate respond to our instrumentation, to the case studies that we mentioned, to the various people that we um, introduce them to. And if we see that curiosity spark in them, we're really encouraged that, okay, they're, they're a great candidate on paper, they did great in an interview setting, and it seems like they are fascinated with our science. They're fascinated with what we do here, and those are really great indicators. Um, another way that I do it is I like to call references and ask if I ask the question, would you like to share an office with that person? And I find that that's a pretty telling question as well as far as how great are they to be around, because uh, we certainly want people that are, are fun to be around as well as hard workers. I love that question. And I remember that walk around the building myself, so I'm glad that we that uh, that went well for when Jeff you and I came test. through the building. <laughs> how about you, how about you, you were very curious. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Anything to add, Cynthia? Um, I just think Caitlin has done a superb job with our hiring processes. Um, it was always important to me when I would take people uh, on the tour in the labs to see how they reacted and interacted with our scientists. And generally, that's when you would get feedback from our scientists that would say, I think they'd be a good fit here. Or, they didn't say anything about this. And um, so I think that's become a key way for us to figure out if someone would be a good fit culturally or not. Um, But, you know, as a team... We, we want to bring together a dream team every day. So uh, part of our hiring process is the team helps make the decision about the hire. Uh, and I think that's been something that fits very well with our collaborative team culture. We do not make a hire and then tell our team they have to work with them. Um, we, I think the way we go about and do it, some people might say, well, what if they want to hire the wrong person? I don't think the way we do it, it, it nine times, maybe even nine times nine out of uh, ten, it just doesn't end up happening that way. Uh, the way we do it, the way the people interact on the lab tours and everything, we generally come to a common consensus that's good for everybody. That's great. Bringing people together, and I and I would say that that word curious is something that is part of your culture, and is part of what I experience from your leaders when I get to sit down with them and have conversations about how they run their labs and what they what they are wanting to do to take their processes to the next level. You have some new instruments that you've been bringing into the labs this year, and and. Um, Managing that process and growing people and teams around that work and being very intentional about their thinking time. I've, I've just watched all of those leaders be exceptionally curious about how they can uh, improve their own approach to their work and the willingness to do that is really something. I'm curious, Jeff, um, how are we doing for time and if you have any last hey. thoughts? Yeah, thanks for passing it back here. It's been just fabulous. Uh, Cynthia and Caitlin, uh, thanks for taking the time, sharing the lessons with us. You guys have just been fantastic clients, but more importantly, great leaders for both your organization and the community. So thank you. Job well done. So, well, thank hey, you. Uh, Absolutely. Just a few thoughts to, to wrap at the, at the end of the day. Um, Cynthia, you talked about early. Each time you promote somebody, um, that's a chance to reset expectations, redefine behaviors. You know, I think that's fantastic. Caitlin, you alluded to it as well in the hiring process of making sure people have clear expectations and behaviors. And so 
really to set up the, the culture that you want, be really clear and specific, highlight the right behaviors, and celebrate them. So next week, we're going to continue this conversation in some ways. So Nancy Smith and Sharon Eakes will be the authors of uh, Chocolate or Lunch, uh, How Choice Impacts Our Relationships, will be the topic of conversation. We'll talk a lot about the choices we make, the intentions that we have, how that really sets us up for success or challenges us. So we'll continue this conversation next week. If you want to reach us during the week, you can reach us at 540-798-1963, or you can email us at jeff at voltageleadership.com, or go out to our website, www.voltageleadership.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith at Voltage Leadership Consulting, or follow us on Twitter at Jeff. You've been listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. We truly appreciate Jennifer, Cynthia, <coughs> excuse me, and Caitlin all being here today. Most of all, though, we appreciate you being here each and every week, and we look forward to talking to you next week at 1 p.m. Have a fantastic week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.